0: I'm just getting a hot dog.
1: We're all getting hot dogs. Well, you think there's two lines and we're all in this line? You're the only genius that got in the other line?
2: Hey, shut up. What do you
1: want, dude? No, I want all the hot dogs, please. No, no, yeah. no you don't have I'm to buying to do that. all I'm the
2: hot right dogs. Here. No, no, no. you on, have to do that. I'm, do I'm
1: giving that. them to the good people.
3: Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent, Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to be talking about the Chicago Dogs in the American Association, an independent team in the American Association. They've been around since 2018, a really fun brand. We're going to be speaking with two designers in this episode. We'll be speaking with Dan Price, who created the Dogs' primary brand, speaking with Kevin Gilsdorf, who created the Chicago Wieners logo. And then we'll be speaking with Chicago Dogs super fan, Mike Trippy, And we will continue our Studio Simon Stumper's trivia questions at the end of this podcast. Right now, though, I'm very happy to be joined by Evan Gersandi, who is the director of sales with the Chicago Dogs. Evan, thank you for being here. How are you doing?
1: Thanks for having me. I'm doing uh, doing well. So hopefully, uh, we'll have a, a good week here. Got a little snow over the weekend. So that's no fun, but, uh, but Hey, we'll take it. So
3: it's uh minus five right now in, uh, nice. in Fort Collins, Colorado. So it's <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I, thank, you. no I, thank you. We, I got, hear the, you. we not... got the snow on the ground and I think we're at about 10 degrees. So I'll okay. take that. I
3: guess downright balmy. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly baseball weather just yet, but, uh, I guess, you know, in Chicago, uh, as with Colorado, you're used to the cold weather, even, uh, even when baseball season rolls around, it's a little bit chilly there. Jeez especially for the major league teams that start in in April or sometimes late March. So let's start with that. Obviously there are, you know, Chicago is a major league baseball city. There are two major league teams there already. Most minor league teams play outside of the major metropolitan areas. When the Chicago dogs were launched, what was the thinking there in in launching a team in a, in a major league city?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, so we're, we're blessed. We're actually in a village called Rosemont, which is uh, probably about a half an hour west of the uh, the actual city proper, right next to O'Hare Airport. So, you know, the thinking there is that we are far enough away from those actual city centers. And, and Rosemont, if you're not from Illinois, Rosemont has grown into an entertainment hub. This area is hotels, it's restaurants, it's uh one of the largest convention centers in the country. So it has become really a, an entertainment hotspot outside of downtown, right? So for those folks who don't wanna go downtown, don't wanna make that trek, it's a, it's a suburban downtown almost. And uh, it's, it was just a, a perfect partnership for us. It's a great location, the mayor, had been wanting to bring baseball to this Rosemont area is kind of the, the cherry on top of his entertainment hub. And uh, that's, that's kind of, we, we just found the, per- the perfect partnership here in Rosemont.
3: Well, I should tell you too, that uh, I have been to a game. I've been to one Chicago dogs game. It was part of the 2018 baseball Palooza road trip that I take with my, uh, my longtime college buddies. And uh, it's a beautiful ballpark. It's a beautiful facility mm-hmm. The other nine guys flew into uh, O'Hare Airport. I was flying southwest and flew to Midway. And so I had about a, a, an hour public transportation uh, journey to get up to the ballpark. But it was, you know, it was great, right? Because, you know, right from O'Hare, you you almost just basically walk across the street. And, yes. <laughs> you know, you're, you're basically there. We had a few hours before the game. So we went to, uh, there was a, like a sports bar there and we, so we, we yep. hung out a little bit. And then one of the things, uh, most of the guys on the trip had never experienced was the game that we saw. This was the, the opening season. This was 2018 that we were there. And mm-hmm. so the game that we saw was actually interrupted right at nine o'clock, like nine o'clock on the nose by a pink Floyd laser show. Right in the middle of an inning, like I mean, there was like two outs in the seventh inning or something, and they so no one had ever seen a game actually stop for entertainment right yes. in the middle of the game like that. So that was that was pretty funny. Not something you see at the affiliated levels for sure, or certainly not in the major leagues.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a unique experience. I was probably on a Thursday, so like I was saying, this is right across the street, there's a, it's this entertainment district, and they have a huge kind of swath of in between all these restaurants where on Thursdays. They actually get cover bands to come in and they get a couple thousand people as fans just coming to listen to these cover bands, hang out at these bars. And then they do fireworks on the nose at 930 every Thursday, whether we're playing a game or not. Um, So it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic to really have that going on across the street and then kind of have to time out our games, you know, because we can't play through fireworks as cool as it is in the sand lot, You know, we, we can't play through fireworks. So sometimes we have to delay it, but most times we're, uh, we're done in time and then our fans get to uh, stick around and watch the fireworks.
3: Absolutely. Well, it was, it was really fun. And it was, you know, it was a Thursday because it was the first day of baseball Palooza. And that's the model for baseball Palooza is Thursday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're absolutely right. It was a Thursday. So let's, this is a podcast about logos and nicknames and what they mean to the, to the local community. Obviously, Chicago is famous. Well, it's famous for a lot of things, but one of the things that is unique to Chicago is the Chicago dog, the very unique style of Chicago hot dog. And so you have a primary brand and an often used alternate brand that are both based on, on hot dogs. One's the Chicago dogs with your your logo that's with the colors from the Chicago city flag and some of the, the elements of the Chicago city flag. And we'll talk to Dan price about that coming up. And then you have obviously the wieners, which is a very different kind of brand, very bright, very vibrant. And and it's based more on, uh, you know, like the sort of hot dog vendor style of, of costume or uniform. So my question to you is what does the, what does the Chicago hot dog mean to the city of Chicago?
1: It, it, it is the essence of Chicago, right? You hit on it. It's that it's the the depression dog, right? It's got the hot dog, it has everything on it. It just, it is the essence of the city. And like you said, it is one of the things Chicago is known for, right? It's kind of your, your Chicago hot dog, Chicago style pizza, and Italian beef, right? So those are kind of your top three food items that Chicago is, you know, known for. So the Chicago dog was just a, a natural thing, because we wanted to be that community kind of baseball team, right? Like you said earlier, this this city has two major league teams, a number of other minor league teams, and we wanted to be kind of that that all that integrated team that you know both Southside and north Side baseball fans could root for. So, what was better than uh, than kind of the symbol of the city with the Chicago dog?
3: So the the brand itself i mean really ties to the city of chicago and you mentioned that you know rosemont's a little bit outside the city but you know specifically tying to the the colors of the city flag there was really a very strong attempt to to tie this this brand to the city of of chicago which you know is something i you know i'm i'm a huge fan of because i think that's what minor league baseball branding should be doing is it should be about the the local communities but you know it's the chicago dog is obviously an important part of chicago culture but then the the city flag is you know incorporated into you know into this brand is the flag itself you know i live in colorado and the flag is everywhere it's on dog collars it's on beer cans it's on t-shirts every time you you know you run a 5k here you're guaranteed to have that you know that's that colorado sea on it is the chicago city flag like prevalent there do people recognize it right away
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I coming from. I grew up in Wisconsin, right? So this whole kind of thing of having a city flag, you know, it, it's, it was completely new to me. It was completely foreign. But this Chicago flag, it is everywhere. You know, people have the American flag, the Illinois flag, the Chicago flag. So it is known everywhere. Those four stars across the middle is just kind of, it's iconic. And like you said, it is something that people recognize wherever it is. Um, playing off that logo, just with the colors and the branding and the Chicago dog all together, it's just kind of seamless. Like you mentioned, with the colors in it and the four stars and the colors themselves, they just give us so much opportunity. I mean, not only on our jerseys, but for branding, for t-shirts, for limited edition shirts, things like that. Because there's always so much to play off of off of that Chicago flag. Because to your point, it's everywhere. You're getting it all the time. There's stickers on laptops right there's stickers on water bottles it's on hats it's on shirts it's all over the place
3: little did we know that we would be getting into the vexillology of the chicago city <laughs> flag here it's uh, right. this is <laughs> so you all have you know this very sophisticated brand you know the for us you know in the world of minor league baseball there's a lot of wackiness out there the primary brand for the dogs is 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 very sophisticated. It's very clean and it's, you know, and it's not, there's there's no real element of cartoonishness to it. Except on Wiener Wednesdays, when you all play as the Chicago Wieners and you have this very different brand that we'll speak with Kevin Gilsdorf uh, later uh, in this episode about. What was the thinking in having these two really disparate brands uh, representing the team?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's something our owner, Sean Hunter, always goes back to. It's being a little bit incongruous. Right. It does, it's just goofy. It's funny. It's the Chicago Wieners. You know, it's a goofy name. It allowed us to kind of create these this Wednesday atmosphere that we have become the Chicago Wieners. Right at the ballpark, we do dollar hot dogs. So it's just fun and it's different. And it's that that kind of branding. The players love it. Right. They, they love to wear that jersey even on the road when it's not Wednesday. Right. It's just bright and it's goofy and it's got Kind of just, if you've ever seen it, I mean, it's got all of the ingredients right on there. It is a, uh, it's, it's a good logo. It's a great logo. Gilsdorf did a great job with it. It's, it's just very, it's different. Like I mentioned, you know, it's different. And having two identities is kind of, it's kind of cool. And at this point, going into year six, people are recognizing that. Year one, year two, people are like, wait, I thought you were the Chicago Dogs. Are you the Wieners? You like, what, what's the team name here? So yeah. going through that, it was a unique experience just having both brands coming through and being a brand new team at that point. But now people kind of see that wackiness and that goofiness, and they see it when they come to games. So it just makes sense to, uh, to kind of have those two different identities, if you will.
3: So I grew up in the Philadelphia area. We obviously have strong feelings about sandwiches. you know, the Philadelphia cheesesteak is, you know, is, is iconic. I actually have said before, though, I spent a week in Chicago years ago, really loved it. Beautiful city. I've been telling people since that visit that the best sandwich outside of Philadelphia is the Italian beef. Love the Italian beef. The hot dog elicits a lot of like these sort of like culture war questions, right? Like, and I'm not going to ask you if it's a sandwich and, and, you know, the there's the whole notion of, is it a sandwich? There's, what do you put on it? Right? Like, I mean, this whole question of like mustard versus ketchup and you guys, y- you really bought into this, right? Like with your mascots, you, I remember, you know, in 2018, when we were there, the ketchup and the mustard mascots, what was the thinking in sort of doubling down on, on that, you know, question of, do you put ketchup on a hot dog?
1: Definitely. So I will say on record, it is not a sandwich. We've had this debate (laughs) thousands of times. Um, so it is not a sandwich, but going with, uh, yeah, the mascots, ketchup and squeeze, uh, squeeze is, you know, the, the lovable every mascot, you know, he's, he's fluffy, he's fun. He's, he does his dance moves, whatever it may be. So that was a no brainer, but bringing in ketchup as kind of the anti-hero if you will just plays into Chicago so much more right it just goes hand in hand with the logo just no ketchup everybody who's from Chicago knows that that is a rule like I said earlier I grew up in Wisconsin I grew up eating whether it was ketchup and onions or ketchup and mustard on hot dogs I learned very quickly that ketchup is not allowed to go on a hot dog around here. Um, So that's kind of why we integrated the ketchup mascot is just kind of that anti-hero, that villain who's, you know, still a nice guy, but maybe shouldn't be around all the time.
3: (laughs) I was going to ask you if you had developed strong feelings, you know, not being a Chicago native, but, you know, being, you know, immigrating there from Wisconsin you know, we, we just don't have that in Colorado. We don't have like the strong arguments about food things, right? It's just like not part of the, we have a lot of beer arguments, I guess, out here, like (laughs) the IPA versus non IPA, but, and then there's the whole question of Rocky mountain oysters, but you know, we don't, we don't have like the food culture wars out here. Like, like we do in Philadelphia or in, uh, uh, in Chicago. Right. In, in Philadelphia, there's no right or wrong answer, right? Like if you want onions or if you don't want onions, you know, however you want to do it, or if you want, you know, whiz versus provolone, it's just, you know, that, those, Mm Although you like, you don't put Swiss cheese on it, right? Like there's some things you just don't do. So I I things
1: that uh, that's
3: (laughs) just a line too far. Absolutely. Some things are sacrosanct there. So you've been around since 2018, which in minor league baseball terms is a, is a pretty good amount of time. You're, you're firmly entrenched in the community. Do people think of Chicago now as a, as a three team city?
1: You know, we're, we're still getting there. So many times people are right. Our, our brand recognition has skyrocketed. Um, One of the biggest things, we actually played in 2020 through COVID. It was mm-hmm. a, a very shortened season and to a very small crowd, but you know, masks, social distancing, splitting the concourse, things like that. But yeah. that skyrocketed our brand awareness just because we were the only team in Chicago to have live fans. So mm. just people who needed to get out, people who saw that there was a live sporting event going on came out to our ballpark and they experienced us for the first time. So, so much of our brand recognition came out of COVID um, and it just skyrocketed and it keeps going up and up and up. But there's always that opportunity. Living in Chicago, there's so many people here. So many people drive past our ballpark on, on the tollway and still have no idea who we are. We can be talking about people who say, hey, I work for the Chicago Dogs up in Rosemont. And they're like, oh, is, is that that ballpark that's right off the 294? I drive past that you know, every day, but I've never been inside. So there's still so much opportunity in this area, just of people still recognizing and realizing who we are. So to answer your question, yes, people know the Chicago Dogs, but there's still so much work to be done.
3: So before I let you go here, I'm going to ask you a question that's of of deep personal importance, and so this is you know purely selfish of me to ask this question here. I have uh, out behind me here. I have a collection of ice cream helmets about 430 at this, at the time of this recording, about 430 helmets. I do have two from the dogs. One that I got there when I was at the game, I got the the red one when I was at the game. And then, you know, in in the course of being a collector, uh, I, I ended up trading for uh, one of the light blue ones. And so now I've got the red one and I've got the blue one. It feels like the time has come that the Wieners brand is is entrenched enough in, in the brand of the Chicago dogs at large. Does the potential exist for a yellow Chicago Wieners Helmet Sunday?
1: You know, I think it does exist. I think that potential is there. And like you said, that brand has grown enough that people would appreciate that. Um, Something I will hit on, I should have mentioned this along with our mascots, but we actually have what we call the rally pickle. Um, So we've kind of introduced a third mascot um, who is a pickle. Once again, another topping on a Chicago dog, but He's supposed to be there. So he's our rally pickle. He comes out, but pickle has been a fan favorite. And I think that pickle is almost more recognizable than the wieners logo at this point, just because he is, he comes out, you know, if we're down and we need a rally, obviously we have a promotion that we borrowed from the Braves, you know, race the pickle. Can you, can you race him and, and beat him in a race there? So I think pickle, and the Wieners are both um, opportunities, not only for maybe Sunday helmets, but other promotional things or other merchandising things. I think those are uh, those are two great opportunities that we still have.
3: Well, I feel like I'm I'm tapping into your area of expertise here <laughs> on the team in particular. So I, I will be standing by, awaiting news on uh, the the Rally Pickle helmet or the the Wieners helmet. There's not a lot of yellow helmets
1: out there, right? Like there's uh, not, there's really not. not. And that's, that's another piece of the uniqueness. It's just, it's a bright yellow. How many teams can you name that play in bright yellow? I mean, obviously like the bananas, things like that, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a completely different, different brand and, uh, and people have embraced it.
3: Awesome. Evan, this has been a lot of fun. The Chicago dogs. I know people can find the Chicago dogs pretty easily on, on social media. Are you on uh, social media yourself?
1: Um, not too much on, I mean, I have a Twitter and a Facebook, but LinkedIn, feel free to, uh, to connect with me on there. My Twitter and Facebook are quite dormant, so that would be no fun. Um, but LinkedIn would be the best way to, uh, to, to connect with me.
3: Okay. And of course the Chicago dogs, you can find the Chicago dogs online just by searching them and, and, you know, on all the social media outlets. Evan, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much. And I hope to get out to another game. On a Thursday, so maybe I can see a 9 p.m. Pink Floyd laser show in the middle of the seventh Absolutely. inning again. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you uh, you taking the time to uh, to chat. All right, thanks, Evan. Take care. Absolutely.
3: All right, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, very happy right now to be joined by Dan Price with Adrenaline Sports Marketing. Dan created the original brand the the brand that still exists to this day for the Chicago Dogs their primary mark. Dan, thank you very much for joining me. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
3: You escaped Colorado right before this storm. I understand you're based in in Texas now, but when you created the brand for the Chicago Dogs, you were based in in Denver. How did you get involved with creating the the primary brand for a minor league baseball team in Chicago?
4: So I, uh, I have a deep history with the owner of the team, Sean Hunter, Mm -hmm. and uh, Sean and I worked together during my days at the Denver Nuggets. He was the uh, president of the team and he and I actually went through the development of the Colorado Avalanche logo together. So, uh, he left and, and went to a few other teams. And when he decided to buy his own baseball team, he said, you know what, would you like to get back together and let's have some fun and let's do a mark that, uh, Will be very unique, and he said that's all I'm asking you to do is something that's very unique and different from from a lot of other logos in in minor league baseball. So, he set me up with the challenge, and we worked together on it for uh, I guess a few months.
3: So, when he came to you with "We're going to create this brand for this team," he didn't come to you with "Hey, the Chicago city flag colors are such and such," and you know he didn't he didn't have a, a list of uh, you know specifics in the in the in the design brief. It was just "Hey, create a cool brand for a minor league baseball team."
4: It was create a cool brand for a minor league baseball team, and uh, we worked on it and wanted to kind of keep some of the standards out, you know, with the the caricatures and the bat and the hand and and a lot of things that are very successful for other teams. But but he just stressed that he wanted something different, and uh, we we knew what the name was, of course, mm-hmm. but just thought we'd have some fun with it with the with the state colors and. And had uh, the stars come on as almost you know the the elements of of, of uh, spice for the dog itself and and um, at the end it was it was successful I, I think it was uh, what he was looking for you know I mean his there was a lot of iterations coming up to this final round of course but but I think from the beginning he felt like we had achieved the goal of doing something a little more unique.
3: Well, it certainly stands out in minor league baseball because it is, you know, it could have been very silly, right? It could have been, uh, it could have been a cartoon dog. It could have been a cartoon anthropomorphized hot dog. And, and you went with this, you know, I think what designers refer to as flat design, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was just solid colors, relatively simple shapes to a warm color and a cool color. So really, I mean, sort of very simple, but really effective design choices that, are contrary to a lot of what you see in minor league baseball right now. Like Absolutely. you say, I mean, it works well for a lot of other teams, but for this team, this seemed to really work well. How How did you know that was going to work well for this team?
4: Well, what's interesting is through my history of doing logos, um, I kind of stuck to my, to my roots. Mm-hmm. And it was always this balance of positives and negatives working against each other or with each other more mm-hmm. appropriately and trying to create as little line art as possible and letting the shapes really carry the design. Um, So I have always worked on marks that were very flat, uh, two color, three color, and even during the days you know, in the 90s when everybody was figuring out their computers and we were going to 3D logos and the NBA was going through a lot of changes and Wrigley's was going through changes and everybody was adding more like pillowing and shadowing and all these things to their marks. Um, I remember those days at Adrenaline and and realizing that there's just some projects we're not going to get because that's not our style. Because I still believe a logo should be the simplest element you can come down to that really describes the product. And I don't know when Sean asked me to work on this, if he knew all that was spinning around in my head. But I knew that I wanted a logo that was sophisticated but fun and not too off the cartoon you know, style. And we had done another logo for a minor league baseball team in Fort Collins. Maybe you're familiar with them, but the Fort Collins Foxes. You guys did the Foxes? We did the Foxes logo.
3: I got to get you back on the horn to talk about the Foxes. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I am about a half a mile away from where the, the Foxes play in, in City Park. I really enjoy that logo. It's really a fun yeah, logo. That,
4: that logo has stood the test of time for Absolutely. minor league sports. It has been around for... Uh, 18 years, maybe. Um, I talked to the team owner the other day. And uh, the one thing he said was, I'm so glad I came to an agency. He said, I'm glad I chose that route instead of just having my nephew or somebody else do the mark because it really did add some value. So yeah, when Sean came, he, he made me a little nervous at first when he said, I want to do something that's different from anything you've done before. Mm-hmm. So that was challenging because I'm thinking okay he knows what I do he knows my style but he's challenging me to do something that I've never done before and I don't feel like I got outside of my comfort on this mark I stayed in in my form but uh he was pleased with the results and what you're addressing is probably what made it unique is that it wasn't too cartoony it was mm-hmm. a hot dog but it's 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 almost uh it's it's like a much more sophisticated hot dog than maybe a lot of people would have envisioned when they heard the name
3: well, and tapping into the color palette that you tapped into, that very light blue, the sort of sky blue of the Chicago city flag and the red, you know, the the cool colors are receding, the warm colors advancing. I mean, there's a lot of of tried and true graphic design principles in creating solid logos here. You know, when
4: you're working on marks, sometimes uh, you have the advantage of going with what are considered obvious colors. You know, mm-hmm. we just finished a logo for USA Archery. Okay. And- done a few logos in the national governing body space. And, and it's pretty obvious you're going to do something with red, white, and blue. But in this case, we wanted something as in the case of a lot of logos, the more you can connect it to the city or the more you can connect it to the region, the more the region feels ownership of the mark. And that's very obvious when you look at, you know, the Miami dolphins, I mean, Denver would never use those colors, but they make such sense in Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you can build that brand around this idea that even without the logo there's other things within the palette of the brand that give it you know credit and credibility Mm -hmm. but the reason they work well together to your point is because we always design in black and white first Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people have gotten away from that because Mm -hmm. computers allow you to just get very creative and try a lot of different things but if you do a logo in black and white, and I'm just giving a little lesson here for anybody that wants to take it, uh, it's always going to work. Yeah, it's always going to work. If you do a logo in all color, try to convert it back to black and white. Sometimes it doesn't work.
3: That is, first of all, we always appreciate design lessons here. This is a, uh, one, yeah. one of the reasons I do this podcast. Is is my backgrounds in graphic design, logo design in particular, feels like magic to me. I've said that on the podcast before because, like you say, it has to be simple. And it has to represent an entire organization. And in, in in the case of sports teams, an entire area, entire fan base. And, you know, and then for people like me, I'm not from Chicago. I'm a baseball fan. I've been to a dog's game. I got T-shirts and caps because I like the logo. Right. And so, you know, creating something as simple as possible that appeals, that, that represents an entire organization, stands for a whole area a whole fan base and then can have appeal outside of that fan base to you know the baseball fans and visitors in general right. that's a huge accomplishment and it's a huge task
4: and i've had that conversation with people when they they come to and they want a whole lot in their logo yeah. and i say you know let's save that for the t-shirt art but mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. do a logo yeah because sometimes people do cross that that path and and they cross over to where the logo gets so busy It from a distance, you know, from a distance, it looks more like a, like a bug on a windshield. It's just, you can't make out anything. So.
3: Well, I have to say it's, you know, for, for independent minor league baseball, you know, this logo has really stood out, I think on a national level, I think a lot of it's gotten a lot of appreciation on the minor league baseball Twitter community that I'm a part of, you know, that you you see people talking about logos all the time and anything with this, with this branding on it is, is really well-received. I think the simplicity of the design, the simplicity of the color choices, juxtaposed with, you know, their their goofy, hot dog and mustard character. Oh, but yeah, the,
4: absolutely. The 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 good and the bad, and and yeah. uh, they've embraced it so well. And and Sean yeah. was telling me the other day, the team owner, that the fans have really embraced the entire narrative. You know, yeah. with the mascots and. And the different promotions that they do, it's all wrapped around the name. And it's just everything is an extension of it. Yeah. So everything that they do has purpose.
3: Well, let me ask you this from your, your own personal. This is you're not representing the team or your design firm or anything here. I'm just asking you for your own personal perspective. You're at a cookout. They're serving hot dogs. They hand you a, a, a bun with a dog in it. What do you put on it?
4: I would put on some onions and uh, some mustard. Okay. No yeah.
3: ketchup. You're sticking with the no narrative ketchup. there. I like it.
4: I, like it. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I've never enjoyed ketchup on a hot dog. I don't know what it is, but it's always just been mustard. And if I can find a good, a good mustard, I'll try that too. But uh sometimes I find it's just good old yellow mustard.
3: Dan, this has been a, a ton of fun. Really enjoyed talking about this, this dog's logo. You're uh, adrenaline sports marketing, and I, I know now is a subdivision of real fig advertising and marketing, and you're based in Texas. Where can people find you? adrenaline real fig where could you where could you find those uh, online where can people find the work that yeah. you're doing
4: so you can find uh you can find real fig advertising and marketing at um at figadvertising.com, and that's where you'll find my bio you can also find me on linkedin and uh, i do carry a uh, instagram account um that is
3: dart art texas well we'll put that in the show notes Dan, thanks so much. This has been a ton of fun and uh, I will absolutely get back in touch with you and we will talk about the Foxes for an episode uh, coming up soon.
4: I, I look forward to that. And I, I appreciate what you're doing. I think it's a fun topic and uh, you must have, you know, with the with the number of minor league baseball teams out there, your your job will never end because the, the logos are always changing and they're always popping up. So
3: thank you so much. I appreciate that. This, this project will keep me busy for a long time. Uh, All right. <laughs> so thanks Take for that. Care. Take care, Dan. Thank you. All right everyone, welcome back this is a, this is a special treat for me on this episode. We get to talk to two designers in one episode and you know how much I love to to nerd out on on graphic design and so I'm very happy to be talking with Kevin Gilsdorf, who is the founder of Kindle Point, uh, which is a design firm based out of Chicago. Kindle Point and Kevin are responsible for the Chicago Wieners alternate brand that the that the dogs trot out. Very different brand from the, the dog's primary brand, which is, you know, the sort of subdued colors from the Chicago flag. This is a very bright and 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 if this if the dog's primary brand can be designed as flat design, the wiener's brand is very much not flat design. It is really <laughs> dynamic uh in, in a lot of ways. So Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Yeah.
5: Thanks for having me. This is really a treat.
3: Well, it's, it's fun for me to talk about this brand. You know, I, I mean, I love talking about minor league baseball, uh, the Wieners brand that you created, the Kindle point doesn't just work in minor league baseball. You do all sorts of branding for all sorts of clients. How did you get involved with creating an alternate brand for a minor league baseball team?
5: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do branding for, you know, corporations, a lot of social impact brands, um, but I actually started my career in baseball, working for another team, the King County Cougars, huh. and then eventually the uh, ownership bought the Nashville Sounds. So I have a little baseball in my history, and contacts, obviously, that uh, introduced me to the effort that was happening in uh, Rosemont with the Chicago Dogs.
3: So the 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 Wieners brand that you created, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you were were given the directive in terms of the uh, the design brief here create something that is very different from our primary brand that the yellow, the green, the, the red, uh, what was your thinking in creating the Wieners brand?
5: Yeah. I mean, there, so there were a lot of inputs is part of the creative brief. Obviously the the team was new to, to Chicago. They had built, um, some relationships, you know, just in terms of sponsorships and, and partnerships with, um vienna beef which is the famous you know base of a chicago dog and um also the wiener circle which is a very famous hot dog stand in chicago um with a very historic past in in the city and so um, with those partnerships the team really wanted to adhere to and celebrate the chicago dog in in its most pure form and you know really looked at it as an opportunity to uh the, the main directive was how do we make the team look like um a group of hot dog vendors and so i loved that idea and you know i like to start research as a part of any design project and it was just really interesting especially with vienna beef to look at all the signage that included you know, either illustrated hot dogs or photographed hot dogs that were, you know, built to the nines in terms of, you know, all the ingredients being on there. And, you know, always ended up being sort of a mouthwatering experience. And I thought, okay, well, how do we, how do we pull those semiotics into this project and really bring it to life in a way that people, you know, want to have fun with the logo, want to wear the logo as a source of pride, just, you know, living in Chicago and celebrating the Chicago dog. And and that's kind of the basis of where it all started.
3: It seems like it would have been really easy in this brand to create just an anthropomorphic hot dog character. And in my memory, actually, when I started thinking about this brand, that actually is what it was in my head when I was thinking of this much more uh, dynamic brand for the wieners than, than the dogs. When I went back to, to, look at the brand to, for, before this conversation. It was not that, right? It, it, it is a very energetic illustration of a hot dog that really conveys, like you're talking about the this very specific thing that is the Chicago dog. Were you inclined when you first started the project to make it a character or was it always going to be, we're going to celebrate this hot dog and we're going to create the best illustration of a Chicago dog?
5: Yeah, it didn't. It didn't start that way. Although there was a there was a small campaign where we, we characterized the ingredients of Chicago dog all the way down to the onions and the celery salt. <laughs> um, so that what you're what you're thinking about actually, you know, is sort of a an effort in more of a campaign graphic uh, approach. But no, with this, I mean, it was surprisingly there were there were the curve of, of the dog. Um, related very closely to the official dog's logo. Mm -hmm. If you look at the ends, you know, there's sort of a star shape. So we we wanted to tap into the original logo, but it really was, how do we celebrate, you know, this hot dog, this experience of the Chicago dog and, and, you know, everything it means to Chicago and, and pull that into this experience. So, you know, the twist on it was really, making the baseball itself part of the ingredients um, nestled between, you know, the two tomatoes kind of at the top. And that was, that was sort of the unexpected, Oh, you know, we're talking about not just a hot dog, but a baseball team here.
3: Well, let me, so let me ask you about the ingredients that are in this here because I'm, I'm originally from the Philadelphia area and we have our own culture of, of sandwich uh, snobbery here. And so, you know, we have a very specific, <laughs> yeah sandwich culture in Philadelphia, I'm looking at the the Wiener's brand right now. So you, you had the uh, the Vienna sausage. We'll start with that. The, you have the Vienna sausage here with right. mustard and only mustard on it. And it, only mustard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have, it looks like celery salt, right? Like green and white diamond shapes on the dog itself. Is that celery salt?
5: Yeah. We had a little bit of mix of, you know, we wanted to keep this simplification. So mm-hmm. Celery salt is typically not visible on a Chicago mm-hmm. dog, even though it's there. So, kind of a combination of onion um, as well as as the celery salt for the white squares, and then you know the relish green squares. Um, the mustard is a is a have to. In fact, if you look at the Chicago dog's jersey, you know we had to create a, a bunch of different graphics. So we actually use the onions and the relish is sort of a um, pattern that you know made it made it look a little bit more um, athletic and a little bit more um, motion based on the sides of the jersey, but then we also planted this no ketchup um, typography, and we you know made the the zero and no or the o and no sort of a, a slash of ketchup. Um, so that ketchup, you know, mustard only thing in Chicago is a very. Big deal. In fact, sometimes we give out-of-towners too hard of a time for <laughs> on their hot times.
3: The celery salt, relish, onion pattern on the side of the the wiener's jersey, it kind of evokes when the the when the diamondbacks tried to do that sort of uh, pattern, the sort of scale pattern on the sides of their jerseys. Definitely a certain amount of movement. This is green and yellow rather than their charcoal gray and maroon that they were doing. To get back to the list of ingredients here, because this is, you know, this is to me the sandwich is is a huge part of this. Oh, can I say that? Is it a sandwich? I'm sure you're sick of that question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) That debate rages on. Um,
5: I don't want to put you on the spot here. (laughs) Yeah, no. So I believe the invention of it um, was, you know, during the Depression and and sort of this, you know, opportunity to. Um, invent something. And so, you know, it became, it, you know, out of any period of difficulty, I think there's a, there's a lot of invention, right? So mm-hmm. they did for a time call it the depression sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Vienna beef um, brought out this idea or this recipe more or less for the Chicago dog, it just really took off because the flavors, you know, there's just so many flavors in it, but it all works together. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean, you know, back to the ingredients, we forgot the dill pickle, we the sport peppers, the tomatoes, and the bun actually has, you know, generally has to be poppy seed. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think you can call it a sandwich.
3: Okay. <laughs> there's, okay. There's a lot to it. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned the pickle It's obviously a pickle spear, it's not just pickle slices. That's an important part of the Correct. Chicago dog, it's pickle spear. And it's
5: dill. The dill pickle pickle. spear because the relish handles the sweet pickle lovers.
3: I, I, uh, I kind of reject the whole notion of, of the bread and butter pickle. Anyway, it's almost not even a pickle to me. that's a separate debate, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The poppy seeds on the bun are very much coming through here. You've got a couple of tomato wedges. Did you call them sport peppers? Yes. Sport peppers. I've never heard that term before. That's a, that's a, that's a new one to me. So, um, I would have they. I would have just looking at the logo and and with my limited understanding of what a Chicago dog actually is. I've had them before, but you know, I just it was one of those things where it was handed to me and I ate it and I didn't really catalog the ingredients. Is a sport pepper different from like a pepperoncini? Is it something like that?
5: Uh, yeah, it's a little different. It's a smoother, smaller um, pepper. And you know,
3: again, back to
5: Vienna beef, they they actually package bottles of them. Uh, other brands do as well. But yeah, if you if you want the authentic one. Um, the beef does a nice job of making them uh, available at your local store <laughs> so it's you can experiment a,
3: a, a sport pepper. Okay. This is, yeah. I am, I am so thrilled to learn of the existence of a thing called the sport pepper. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously you mentioned there's, uh, there's the tomato wedges, and then there is, uh, there's actually a baseball that, uh, you know, ties it all back to the team, as I'm sitting here staring at this, and we've been talking about this and staring at it, I'm seeing a face. Is that intentional? That's not intentional, is it? That there's a that the tomatoes are the eyes and the baseball is a nose and the hot dog and the bun and the pickle are a smile.
5: I think, you know, as designers, especially in sports and in entertainment, I think in general, we try to we try to create these layers of uh-huh. meaning. And yeah, I mean, I think when we when we started to put it together and that face, you know, materialized, it was definitely, um, uh, you know, a, a process thing of, of sort of getting to a spot where, oh, okay, so that that adds to the happiness of the logo. It adds to sort of the the takeaway. Um, you know, those are the things that you know, if you're if you're not a designer, you probably. Only recognize it in your subconscious, but as a designer, you're thinking, okay, this is another added level of meaning that we can work into an image like this.
3: I'm very happy to know that that face is intentional because I was sitting there staring at it and I'm thinking, am I, am I seeing things or is that, I mean, it really looks like <laughs> a, a, a smiling, almost like a, a smiling clown face, there's a big smile and the tomatoes look like eyes. And, and even the, the sport peppers look like, uh, you know, like face paint underneath an athlete's eyes, right. The way they're positioned there, that is, that is a really fun layer to this logo that honestly, I had, I, I don't think that I had noticed that before.
5: You know, it's always interesting to hear, um, people pick up on those details because it, you know, logo design for me, has changed. Obviously, you know, it used to be a sign off to, to sit, you know, sort of look at whatever the brand as a whole is communicating. Um, Okay. This is, this is by us, but I feel like that has completely changed and now it's the beginning of the story. It Mm -hmm. sort of brings people into what's the spirit of the brand. What are the communication points that the brand's really, you know, adhering to. And obviously um, when I met with Sean Hunter at, at first, you know i asked him you know what are the things that that bring you into this sport and and into this team as an owner what what propels you or what's your passion behind that And he said i want to bring smiles to um, the fans and i thought okay you know, <laughs> there's your smile
3: <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> it it's out a, a, a smile in the logo kevin this has been a, a, a ton of fun is there anything about the logo that i'm not asking about that uh, is important as sort of part of the process or, you know, what, what you brought to the table as it were for this brand?
5: You know, I think the history of the Chicago dog was such a critical component. I think the team was, was, you know, um, had a lot of foresight in terms of naming the, the, the team, the Chicago dogs at first, but even taking this turn and saying, okay, we have this opportunity from a promotional standpoint to, um, you know introduce this really authentic uh hot dog vendor look and you know from that this this logo was was meant to do that so it's not just a, a logo for the team it's kind of a celebration i think of of the chicago area and obviously this chicago delicacy you um, know, playing that into the to the baseball spirit i think is a, a really wise move
3: Think those are the best minor league baseball brands the one that celebrate the the whole community and are emblematic of uh you know not just a baseball team but the the place at large and so this this definitely captures that in a, in a really fun way and as it was this was a, a I really enjoyed this conversation because I, I learned a lot and uh now I'm it's only 8.30 in the morning here in Colorado as I'm talking, and I, I, I kind of want to go make myself a Chicago dog. I even have the celery salt in the in the, <laughs> in the the spice shelf there, so I might have to see if I can't assemble something appro- approximating that. Kevin, where can people find you and Kindle Point on, uh, on social media and online? Uh,
5: kindlepoint.com or Kevin Gilsdorf, uh, at Kevin Gilsdorf on uh, LinkedIn as well as uh, Instagram.
3: Fantastic. And those will be in the show notes. Thank you, Kevin. All right, thank you. All right, everyone, welcome back. Super happy right now to be joined by. I think you can only describe Mike Trippy as the Chicago Dogs' biggest fan, super fan. Mike Trippy, Mike goes as Chai Dog Fool on Twitter and tweets a lot about uh, about the dogs and 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 their their gear and their team and their brand. And so I thought it was only appropriate to to bring Mike on, talk about the the Chicago Dogs. Mike, thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me, Paul. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You, you and I have been following each other on Twitter for a long time, so I'm I am aware of your your fandom. How did you become the biggest Chicago Dogs fan?
0: I don't know that I'm the biggest, but I'm certainly uh, very active in it. Um I, I the quick story is my very first game was actually at the end of season 2. I literally would drive I, every day on my way to work, worked in the city. So I would drive by the stadium every day. And I said, oh, one of these days I got to go see that hot dog team before they fold and go away. (laughs) And my first game, it was literally the last week of the season. And I got front row seats right behind home plate and instantly fell in love. And, and that was it. I I went back two days later. And then the very next day I, uh, I got season tickets and something clicked. Something snapped in my brain and, and i went. Like, I've got to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've said this
3: before uh, about minor league baseball, that it's, you know, it's less about the outcome of the game. It's more about, you know, the fan experience. It's, you know, it's about just, you know, going to the ballpark, having a hot dog, having a helmet Sunday. And, you know, Eric prophet of the Earned Fun Average admonishes me for this when I say that nobody at a minor league baseball game really cares about the outcome of the game, right? Eric is a big Wichita Wind Surge fan. He cares right. about how the Wind Surge do. But as a Chicago Dogs super fan, do you care about the outcome? Is it is it the you know you're you're a fan of the team and you want them to succeed and you want them to win the championship and that would
0: be a culminating moment, or is it about the fan experience? Uh, it's both. I I, I I'd love the team, I I want them to win. I, I, I root so hard for the team. (laughs) I go above and beyond on my rooting and they're a great team. Every year they've just been getting better and better since I've been following them. And uh, we were in 2000 or 2021, their first time we made the playoffs, we were basically double play away from getting to the finals. And, uh, and that, that was heartbreaking. And this year again, again, so close, but this team is you want them to win, <laughs> yeah. I want them to win, but but I uh, again, you're right. The, I love being a fan and and walking around the park and uh, mixing with all the other super fans. Uh, there's so many of us and uh, made so many friends that we see each other every game. There's uh, Lori, the hot dog lady. She always wears her hot dog uniform, and now we, we all carry our flags. That was the the one thing I started waving the flag, and everybody else started bringing flags. <laughs> I brought a, this year I brought a drum, I, I'm a, I play drums, so I brought one of my drums and nice. started banging on the drum, I just, I bring crazy lights, I just do so many fun things to make it fun for me, but also to maybe get other fans into it, super fanning it up, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: So you've had a couple of signature experiences as a, as a Dogs fan, you got to throw out the first pitch at a very important Dogs game, can you tell me how that came about?
0: Sure, sure. This was in the 2021 season, and we had made the playoffs for the first time ever in the in the franchise. And uh, John Hunter and Trish Zuro, the uh, owner and the CFO, they invited me to throw out the very first pitch for the very first home playoff game, and it was I was so honored. I, I had. not no idea it was coming. And, and I, and pra- I, remember practicing in my backyard. I'd set up a chair, 60 feet, <laughs> six inches. <laughs> so <laughs> like, was it
3: because you're a season ticket holder because, because you're so prominent at the games or I, I, I
0: think so. I, I, yeah. I, earlier that season, that's when I started waving the flag. I would bring the flag to all the games and uh, Sean Hunter, the, the owner, he's always on the concourse, always around. So, you know, he's, he always sees me, Hey Mike and, and all the fans, you know, all the fans know him and he knows all the fans. Sure. Um, Sure. And I think it was just a case of, man, that kid's really, you know, he's really into us. Let's give him (laughs) this. So the important
3: follow up question here. How'd you do? Did you bounce it? Uh, no, no. Nice.
0: <laughs> I got it. Yeah.
3: High and way, Was it the, just right down the pipe? How'd you? Yeah. What, what was a the...
0: little bit, a little bit of an arc. I just, okay. I oh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to go. I didn't want to try and throw a strike. I just, just wanted to get it across. Get it there. Absolutely.
3: So this is, uh, you know, it's a, a podcast about graphic design as it, as it pertains to minor league baseball. You have won some design competitions or, or or some design contests. You've had design fan designs selected uh, for T-shirts that have been produced by the uh, by the dogs. How did you how did you pull that
0: off? Uh, well, I, I just persistence, I guess. And, and <laughs> it, there really was no contest. Uh, it's it's just a case of, I, a I'm a graphic designer. B I'm a a dogs fan nut <laughs> so i combined the two and i said hey you know this would be a good idea for a shirt and i i, I submitted so many designs uh, again trish was uh, nice enough to give me some time to present a. hey i got all these ideas you know that kind of thing <laughs> this was not a fan contest this was no you, you not at you all no they didn't a- have it i i just i just submitted some stuff i showed hey trish what do you think of this what do you think of this it's like
5: oh that's kind of nice you
0: know so amazing uh and again I, I hopefully I'm not speaking for Trish it, it it just kind of organically happened you know I sure and just just recently uh, uh there's my third design was was chosen so if, as a graphic
3: designer professionally I mean the, the the dogs are interesting because they have two very distinctive brands you are very much right now decked out in the the primary brand with the right. with the you know the Chicago flag based color scheme, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously they have the Wieners brand. We've talked to both of the designers of those uh, logos oh. for this episode already. As a designer, do you have a preference? I mean, obviously, when I see you, you're wearing the the primary brand, but uh, you know, do you do you do anything different as a fan when you go when they're playing as the Wieners instead of the Dogs?
0: Uh, not necessarily. I'll, I'll always wear the uh, the Wieners jersey. Uh, that's it's just a this beautiful gold. You know, it's like a, a a mustard gold, I guess. So it's just a gorgeous jersey. So I love wearing that, and that's only on Wednesday nights, though. So every okay. Wednesday home game. And but I yeah I'll wear my yellow sneakers and with the yellow jerseys, awesome. <laughs> and then for the home games it's just kind of a mix of of whatever.
3: So was this fandom? You said you weren't necessarily a huge sports fan, but obviously you know Chicago has two major league teams already. Mm-hmm. Did you have a a rooting interest in the major league teams, or did your interest in baseball surface after the arrival of the dogs?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's after the dogs. I I mean I've always liked the Cubs and I rooted for the Sox when they were in the series, I, mm-hmm. I, but I've never been a crazy baseball guy. You know, I, yeah. I, I just, I'm casual. Yeah. Go Cubs you know, go socks. Yeah. But yeah. something, something snapped in me with the dogs and, and I was like, I've just, I gotta be here. I just love it here. Well, so your, your Twitter presence, you know, you, you do some
3: videos, you do, you know, you do a lot of, you know, pretty much exclusively Chicago dogs oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. content there. Where can people follow you? What, they, what can they expect to find when they come fi-
0: find you on Twitter? Oh, on Twitter it's shy dog fool c h i d o g f o o l shy dog fool at Twitter. I just tweet out mostly dog stuff. I uh, for dog December I did a hat a day uh, during the month of December, highlighting my collection here. Um, I'm certainly no you know Pat or calibration or any of these <laughs> big heck or Ed. How many dogs uh, hats do you have? Uh, right now, about thirty.
3: So there are actually 32 different Chicago Dogs hats.
0: There are many more, actually. They have an abundance of hat designs. And even this year, they came out with at least 15 new ones.
3: Well, Mike, thank you so much. This has been fun. And uh, we'll hope to catch up with you at a Dogs game.
0: (laughs) I see what you did there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving all of this laughter in. That is way more laughter than that joke deserves. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs>
4: I got to use that
3: one. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm sorry. That's okay. For the listener, Mike is still laughing here. That is... You know, like I said, way way more laughter than that joke deserved. But <laughs> <laughs> Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and we'll right. uh, we'll we'll see it again.
0: Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate it. I love the show. Oh, thank you.
3: All right, everyone, welcome back. Last week we introduced Studio Simon Stumpers, where noted designer, prolific graphic designer Dan Simon brings a trivia question relative to the subject matter of each week's episode. This week, we're obviously, we're talking about the Chicago Dogs. I, I'm 0-1 right now in my Studio Simon Stumpers, my my Miley Baseball trivia questions. I got last week's w- wrong. I'm going to try to redeem myself this week. We're talking about the Chicago Dogs, the independent Chicago Dogs, who sometimes play as the Chicago Wieners. And I, I trust that you have a trivia question, has something to do with encased meat or the city of Chicago's flag, or I don't know. We'll, we'll see what this is. I, this, this whole thing makes me very nervous. I am grateful that they're multiple choice. Cause like you said, last week, it kind of gives me a chance.
2: Okay. Well, let's see how you do this time. Just like in baseball, if you don't get a hit your first time up, put that behind you because there's always, well, I shouldn't say always, but there's for most there's often another at bat and you can't think about how you did the last at bat? It's you true. Need to be present. So here we go. I gotta get
3: the I gotta get the last week out of my head here. I gotta I gotta come up with a with a fresh approach at this at bat.
2: Okay, when a hot dog is ordered Chicago style, is it referred to as being a dressed to the nines, b dragged through the garden, or c stuffed to the gills? Here let me read that again when okay. a hot dog okay. is ordered chicago style is it referred to as being a dressed to the nines b dragged through the garden or c stuffed to the gills
3: okay i so my answer my answer is going to be b it's going to be dragged through the garden and I, and i'll tell you why Dressed to the nines is a is a different expression. Dressed to the nines means you're you're super dressed up and ready for a night out on the town, and stuffed to the gills to me means you're over full at the Las Vegas buffet uh, because as you know the buffet it's not all you care to eat it's all you can eat and that's your then you're stuffed to the gills. So I'm going to say dragged through the garden because they're throwing a bunch of vegetables on there. It's tomatoes and peppers and pickles and onions. So B, final answer, dragged through the garden.
2: Okay, Paul Caputo is now batting five hundred. Woo! You we are did it. correct, and your your thinking is also correct. Although I will assert that the other two do make sense. Dressed to the nines, you are correct. It means you're you're dressed fabulously um for uh, an event or something but when you when you put things on food you are indeed dressing it like salad dressing that's where that you know the word dressing comes mm-hmm, from mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. with all those ingredients that go on a chicago dog um you could argue it's dressed to the nines it's all dressed up so yeah. and then also stuff to the gills there's a lot of ingredients that go on on a chicago dog um and I, it does mean, stuff to the gills does mean you're stuffed, you're full, overly full. But uh, think about a Chicago dog. It's kind of r- really filled with a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of vegetables. You know, specifically when making a Chicago dog, you start with a boiled all beef hot dog on a poppy seed bun. And then it is, quote unquote, dragged through the garden, meaning that one then adds the following seven toppings, always put on in this order. And it's interesting that it has to be done in order. I don't know why, but I didn't make up the rules. I just follow them. Um, First is yellow mustard. Second, sweet green pickle relish. Third is chopped onion. Fourth, four tomato wedges. has to be four. Four. Um, Five, a dill pickle spear. Six, two sports peppers. They're actually called sports peppers.
3: We had this conversation already on the episode about sports peppers. This was a brand new thing for me.
2: Okay. And then last and certainly not least is a dash of celery salt. So there you go. The story of how to pop properly dress or drag through the garden, a Chicago dog.
3: This is a record-breaking fifth segment uh, on this episode of Baseball by Design. So Dan, thank you so much again. This is fun. I'm a huge fan of the Studio Simon Stumpers. I look forward to the next time you come on at the end of an episode to talk about that team's brand.
2: Okay. Well, I'm thrilled that I was part of history as the first time being part of the first time fifth segment of the Baseball by Design podcast. And uh, maybe we'll make history another time in, in the future in some other way that's, Even more exciting than this very exciting happenstance.
3: Though this was very exciting. Dan, thank you. We'll talk to you next time. See
2: ya.
1: This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media.
0: Hi, this is Kelly Robinson, the Minor League Nerd. My YouTube channel explores the history of minor league baseball teams. More than just stats, we delve into team lineage, sharing stories from current franchises to obscure one-year wonders. This is Patrick and Corey of BaseballMapper.com, and
1: we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball, so get on the site and find a team near you today.
4: Hey everyone, it's Eric from the great state of Kansas. This is Johnny from the New Orleans Baby Cakes Memorial Museum.
5: And we are the Earn Fun Average Podcast. Where
4: we talk to a variety of guests about their love of baseball and have fun doing it. America,
5: lower your standards. Average is what we do best.
1: What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna DiTomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List Podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list.
0: Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at, at patlarson one I hope you guys enjoy.
5: Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Dana Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. Learn more about Media at
2: CurveBrandMedia.com